Are not related. And this is a show. This podcast is kind of. I got it right. You did. It's like a spool of ribbon that you buy at the store, and you buy it because it's extravagant and it's beautiful. And when you take it home, you unravel it and you dance with the ribbon, learning new moves and new feelings. Mm, The only difference is that this show has two hosts, so it's twice the ribbon. Or maybe one of us is the ribbon and one of us is the spool. I wow, don't really there's know. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. <laughs> anyway, in other words, we tell you things you didn't know you needed to know. Did we need to know that? I don't know. But thanks, Pete. You do need to know that my new method for introductions is going to a random object generator <laughs> and taking whatever object they suggest and trying to write an intro around it. Oh, I like that. That's fun. <laughs> How you doing, Marissa? Oh, I forgot to consider that. Um, you answer first. Marissa, I'm here to tell you that I'm a murderer. Oh, did you kill a bunch of mice by strangling whoa, them? Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> what? I'm still convinced that I had only one mouse. <laughs> oh, but I thought you said there was like a baby one and then, I don't know, just tell me. I'm still convinced they were all the same mouse. Okay. But, yeah. I got, listen. You might say, Pete, that's ridiculous. Are you stupid? But I bought an electronic mousetrap. Okay. And it cost me $25. That's fine. It is technically reusable because you can dump out the dead mouse and use it again nothing is stupid yet but I'm ready I'm not doing that I am taking that half of the mousetrap and throwing it in the trash yeah but that is a little stupid the way the electronic mousetrap works is half of the apparatus is I guess a charge like there's batteries that go into it and then the other half connects to it I got my refills very cheap on Amazon. Okay. But the other half connects to it, and it's there's metal parts. So you put the bait on one metal part, and then in order to get to the bait, the mouse has to stand on the other metal part. And when it does, it closes the circuit, and it gets shocked, and it dies. Okay. So I went to church. Yes, this happened while I was at church. (laughs) Okay. And when I got home from church, I saw that the trap had gone off, but for different reasons that my apartment sucks, I um, assumed it was an accident. So then I turned it back on and, and zapped that little fucker again. Oh, man. And then I thought, what is going on? And I zapped it again. <laughs> and then what? I realized there was Why a dead mouse. Why did you never assume there was a mouse in it? Because... The floor was wet where it was, and I assumed that it went off because it got wet. Mm. But I have to say, the third time that I shocked it was probably unnecessary. (laughs) Oh, wow. Okay. This sounds gross. But, um, 
Yeah. So, other than that, I'm just losing my mind in general. I realize that I'm getting older every day, but I'm also, I feel like I'm getting worse every day. Worse at what? You name it, man. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Nice. It... It's unfortunate that we're both yawning at yeah. four o'clock in the afternoon. <laughs> but that's never, how I'm doing this week. I never week. claimed I was youthful. Marissa, you're getting married in like a friggin' month. Yeah, that's why I don't even want to say how I am because I'm very... Y'all stressed out? Yeah, I'm not going to keep going on about it, guys. But I might have said before that my mother says she's going to plan my wedding. And that's the only reason why I agreed to do a big wedding. And she's only able to plan a part, a small part of it that is not very internet based. (laughs) (laughs) So I have all these, again, to some people it would be like, this is fine. I don't like interacting with people. I have all these Zoom meetings I need to have with vendors. Oh, also, just the other day, I was coming back from Philadelphia. And moments before my train was coming, I realized I bought the wrong train ticket. I bought a train to Philadelphia, not a train from Philadelphia. But I'm in Philadelphia. Why would I buy a train to Philadelphia? (laughs) And that is to say, I get details wrong a lot. And that is to say, I get details wrong a lot, and I don't like talking to people. So having to have all these vendor meetings is very stressful to me. (laughs) It's a surprise that Marissa didn't take that ticket throw it on the ground and then pull like a knife or a gun off somebody nearby and kill herself (laughs) yeah exactly i yeah i wanted to kill myself then i had to wait for two hours and uh yeah i just called aaron and said i'm an idiot why am i an idiot why am i always an idiot why do i keep doing this so my point is did you have to pay for two tickets uh damn right i did uh well, you I'm think that'd be a return policy? I'm sorry. You could return it for partial refund. Oh. However, the next train was not the same train I was normally going to take. It was a train to Pittsburgh that stopped in Harrisburg <laughs> as opposed to a train to Harrisburg. So it was double the price. Because conceivably you could have stayed on. God, yeah. a train to Pittsburgh sounds horrible. I know it does. From uh, Philly no, to Pittsburgh. That's like a... That's, I'm not joking, listener. That's, that's a reason to kill myself. That's a 12 hour drive. <laughs> yeah, that's, I don't even, ugh. The, I, I listened to a podcast, American Arts and Culture Review, and, uh, the one guy, Whitmer Thomas, is like, man, people in Pennsylvania are complaining that I'm not going to Philly. I'm going to Pittsburgh. Just drive to Pittsburgh. And I'm listening. I'm like, that's, that's yes. not only the worst no. drive of all time, <laughs> it's yeah, also so sense. long. <laughs> That doesn't make sense at all. Uh, yeah, so anyway, long story short, we have first world problems, but I wish I eloped, and I shouldn't be in charge of handling anything that involves thousands of dollars, and because I am, it keeps me up at night. Mm-hmm. So, cool. Uh, anyway, so I can't wait till I'm married already, and it's <laughs> over. <laughs> and... People keep being like, when it's over, you'll be like, that was a great process. No, I won't. That No, Again. you'll that, that was a great day. You won't yeah, say yeah, that was a that, great yeah. process. But some people say, oh, they had fun planning their wedding with their mom. No. The maybe, end. 
not to be morbid, but maybe if your mom's dead, then you would have a fond memory of spending time with her, and this would be one of those things. Mm, no. But otherwise, no. <laughs> yeah, no. And no. you have enough other fun things that you've done with your mom. Yeah, exactly. I have lovely sides of my mom that are not planning this wedding. So, anyway. Listener mail. Hey, we got a, uh, a couple of phone calls. A couple? From the same person or from multiple people? Yes, yes. We heard from Alex. Alex is, is back, baby. All right. I was wondering if <laughs> his, he was um, finally had enough of our bullshit. His summer break is over, so he is back. <laughs> okay. He takes a break from us? Yeah. Okay. Wouldn't, wouldn't you? As, as anyone should. <laughs> Hi, this is Alex. I'm really sorry. I've forgotten to call in for the past few weeks. And uh, I wanted to say something in follow-up to the episode on water bottles. Um, so there was something about concerns over overhydration, and that's definitely a thing. When I was a teenager, I had a job at the Army Research Lab at a particle accelerator lab. Uh, not the like, cool kind of particle accelerator. This was a small but one that was made out of a beer vat. Anyway, uh, I was like a rookie undergrad mechanical engineer, and I was in a building where most of the people who worked there had PhDs. There was a Marine who had died because he had, like gone running for a very long ways and had drunk a lot of water but hadn't done enough other things to like replenish his electrolytes and there were safety people who worked at the lab and they would send out emails to all the people in the building to remind us to be safe and they would have by the way alex this is a little bit of what marissa used to do at her job (laughs) yeah safety tip like every week or whatever no 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 Uh, what he's going to be talking about now oh oh i will say though (laughs) Before we go, maybe if you're going to talk about what he's about to talk about, but I think I had a problem where I had, like, dry mouth, and there was a time where I had a whole gallon jug full of water, and I drank so much that my head started hurting. So it is a miracle I'm not dead. Anyway. <laughs> Week or whatever. So, like, you know, because it was an Army military-related facility, they were like, hey, there's this Marine who died. Make sure to not drink too much water. And, like, all the scientists are rolling their eyes because they're like, our health problem is not that we are drinking too much water. We are just here in labs doing experiments. We are not working up the sweat. Um, and this reminds me of, like, in, in general, it was a thing of the safety people every week would email about safety, and the people with PhDs would be smug and kind of roll their eyes and be like, we know, we know. And sometimes the I safety bet. people had to say came off as pretty condescending. There was one week when the safety email was about not carrying too many things stacked on other things. Apparently, there was oh. an accident that happened one time <laughs> because somebody this. carried a big stack of things, like, down some stairs, and they dropped it, and something fell on somebody. And um, I, I don't know why they felt the need to email everybody about this, but if you've got a weekly safety email, eventually you're scraping the bottom of the safety tip barrel. That's kind of funny. So... Um, they illustrated this email with a cartoon of Winnie the Pooh carrying a stack of honey pots. All right, wow. have a great day. Bye. <laughs> wow. Uh, wish I had that. Aaron would appreciate that. Yes, Winnie the Pooh holding too many honey pots. I feel like <laughs> underneath this could be you. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually really funny. My job. Uh, there used to be like a safety moment. And they were really dumb because you could only have so much safety that's relevant before you yeah. just like, man, I never thought to put safety moment. Don't drink too much water. You could die. I should have <laughs> put that. 
yeah so yeah totally i totally know alex thank thank you for validating that not validating very i don't know backing me up i feel like sometimes when i tell people they think i just make things up (laughs) all right here's voicemail number two hi this is alex so in the episode on dogmen pete was describing how he had gone to a salvation army to get a coat to wear to marissa's wedding and then he talked about how the goodwill around the corner from where he lived was closed and i wanted to call in and say that um, offer a correction as i understand it that goodwill is still open um what's happened is there used to be a pnr there and the pnr pnr went out of business um and it's now a uh, name brand liquidators and that might be the kind of funky amazon discount store that pete was thinking of although i'm not sure how much of their stuff came from amazon like I mean, who knows? Um, I poked my head in there one time, and the main thing that I remember was they had, like, little gingerbread house kits, except the cookie was Oreo. Ooh. Which is beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they were selling it in, like, April. Um, <laughs> so that's what's going on with the building that used to be the PNR. I've been in that store, and, like, if you walk to the back of that store, I'll say this. If you were a contractor working on... No, not even a contract. You'd have to be like working on your own house. And you're like, I need a new toilet. <laughs> and I don't yeah. care what it looks like. Meaning I don't care what color it is or whatever. Like, it's still a new toilet. You could go to this place and you could buy a toilet off the floor. <laughs> All right. If you were like, I need new handles for my faucets or whatever you could get that you i need a new mattress you could get all these things there but the interesting thing about this store i think i told you about it before marissa is that a thing will have a a price tag and it'll say like i don't know what a mattress costs costs but let's just say this mattress is two hundred dollars today and then it'll be that'll have another date underneath it that's like two weeks from today and it'll be half as much money. And then it'll have a third price that'll be like yeah, 75% off. And like That's the idea the idea is like you could sit on this, but if you do, it might not be here in two weeks and you That's might not get 50% off. Really bizarre. Okay. And I feel like, yeah, it's a really mentally taxing oh. store. That's fascinating. Okay. Like every day I keep going back to make sure my mattress is there. <laughs> anyway. The Goodwill is still there. And then in between them, there's another like discount store that I don't know a whole lot about. But I'm pretty sure that that Goodwill is still there. Um, there's also the Goodwill across the river in uh, Wilkes-Barre, and then there's one that's apparently very nice out in, like, Hanover Township. Now, oh, man, I miss PNR. Pete, you had told me about PNR when I first started working with you six years ago. That's actually not true. Alex has only been working at the school that I work at for two years. Um, Wait, what? Time moves too fast. <laughs> and I literally was, like, in my head, I'm like, Oh, yeah, Alex has been around for, like, three years now. <laughs> oh, okay. So so sometimes you work so hard at your job, you lose track of time, and you realize that you're going to get, like, a 20-year award or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, PNR is, had been a beloved discount grocery store. It had two locations, one in, like, the Wilkes-Barre area and one up by Scranton, the next city over. And you could get a lot of really interesting kind of funky food there for cheap. And a lot of it was like, 
you know, past its expiration date, dented cans, that kind of thing. Um, they had pretty good toys there, but you never know what you were going to get. I would always go to the toys first, and I found some cool wind-up dinosaurs that you could put together. All right, uh, Pete, I, uh, I would like to hear your favorite PNR memory. Um, I'm really sad that PNR is no longer there. All right, have a great day. Bye. Me too. That was a fun store. Sounds fun. Um, I used to go there and get protein bars. Okay. Um, That's your favorite memory? <laughs> I went there once. <laughs> Marissa knows I lead a sheltered life when it comes to food things, okay? Oh, so hear me out. I went there once and I was looking in the chip aisle and I was like, holy shit. Sweet potato chips? <laughs> this must be new. <laughs> yeah, Pete really does live a sheltered life of food. <laughs> but, um. Also, I hate sweet potato chips and fries. I'm trying what? to think of how. Like, there was something when I was there once that was really disturbing in, like, the frozen food section. Um. But yeah, it, it was definitely a fun place to go. And it was a place where I would go in there, <laughs> walk around the whole store, maybe buy two things, and then wait in line for 45 minutes because everybody else was sort of like buying oh. up as much stuff as they could. <laughs> yeah, that's really annoying. And they would never open a new register. And all their registers ran on Windows 98. And so <laughs> sometimes it would fun? sometimes it would freeze and they'd have to reboot. It was crazy. Cool. But... What comes out of this call the most is that it is so kind that Alex thinks that I live in Kingston. <laughs> Unfortunately, Alex, I live down the street in Wilkes-Barre. <laughs> and you're right. The place that closed uh, was not a Salvation Army. It was a Volunteers, Volunteers of, America. of America. Which is my favorite store in the whole world. And Marissa not used... Not the chain. That specific Volunteers of America. Yeah. And wasn't there like a time or two when Cassie came to visit and bought a bunch of vintage clothes so that she could resell them in New York for more? Yes, 100%. <laughs> also, there was a time which I learned my lesson. Now when I buy clothes secondhand, I wash them first. Mm. Then I got bit by bugs when I put on a shirt <laughs> that I bought there. Yeah, my mom is like, Pete, you have to get the jacket that you got from Marissa's wedding. You have to get that dry cleaned first. Yeah. And I'm like, Norm, can I just Febreze it? Like, <laughs> I'm telling you, it's the only one day. I've been buying secondhand for decades, but the one day you get bit by bugs is the day you learn your lesson. So in this shopping center where the Volunteers of America used to be, um, there was another discount grocery store a few st- a few doors down, and they mm-hmm. closed up too. So Ooh, that was a bummer. What? People don't need discounts no more? It seems like another independent discount grocery store opens and then they go away. But mm. PNR had to close, I think, because of COVID. Like, gotcha. Okay. But the new store that is there is called, and this is why I said Amazon, it's called Prime Bins. And they use the Amazon Blue as their like primary color for their business. Okay. <laughs> Prime Bins offers a variety of merchandise at budget-friendly prices, uh, and it has officially moved to its new location on South Main Street, just across the street from its previous home. The spacious 26.500-square-foot facility 
is certainly an upgrade for prime bins, and the store promises that the new facility will allow them to offer an even wider selection of merchandise at bargain prices. Here's the weird part of this store. Current operating hours are Monday through Thursday, 10 a.m. to 6 (laughs) p.m. So I don't think they want to sell stuff, but... (laughs) No. Okay. Interesting. Okay. This doesn't have to be for your current job. It could be for a different one. And I have to admit right off the bat that you are much more well-versed in this topic than I will be. Okay. But what theme park ride is most like your job? Or in your case, a job that you've had previously? Mm, that's a good question. You want to answer first? I was going to... I think that my job feels a lot like a tilt-a-whirl. Okay. Because sometimes I'm really disoriented at work. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, gotcha. I'll have like three monitors open. I'll have three browsers running. I'll have email on one thing. The phone rings. Today the phone rang a few times. I actually answered when Alex called. But other than that, I just kept hitting two voicemail okay. on, on my phone because yeah. I'm like, I can't handle it. There's too many other things going on right now. Yeah. But, okay, that's a good answer. But yeah, like, and and a lot of times it does feel like I'm spinning in circles, but not really going anywhere. Okay. <laughs> but yeah. I guess it tilt the world stops. So that's, that's positive. <laughs> I went on to tilt the world in Coney Island and my father had to yell for them to stop because I was going to throw up. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, mine is the Buccaneer. Okay, which one is that? It's the pirate ship that, that goes, goes back and forth. Yeah, okay. goes back and forth really high. Uh, when I was younger, it was fine, but I just went on a Buccaneer. Uh, I think a year ago, Aaron asked me to go on with him, and this is where he proposed, was- guys. <laughs> no, he did not. <laughs> it was so. Upsetting. Will you be my first mate? <laughs> no. <laughs> It was so upsetting, not only to me, but to him. <laughs> and I was so unhappy that I thought I was going to die. And even when we got off, it left me sick. I'm not even joking. We still felt off kilter for the rest yeah. of the week. It was like we had vertigo for a week. <laughs> so, like my last job. Yeah, that's right. If you work with me, I'm referring to that job. <laughs> I still wasn't over how much it sucked. Beyond a week, I still am upset by how much that job was upset, how upsetting that job was. Towards the uh, end, yeah. Oh, yeah. And, uh. Let's not, let's not ignore the fact that you seem to have a good time at the beginning. Until uh, roaches started coming to the office. Yeah, no. Okay, <laughs> Wearing yeah, suits yeah, and yeah. ties and going, hey, good morning, Marissa. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, no. You're talking about the middle. At the very beginning, my therapist said I needed to go on medication. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was medicated and we got a new boss and things were a little better for a little while. Then it became infested with roaches and then people started acting a fool. <laughs> so then it became unhinged and I had to leave because I couldn't stand it anymore. And to this day, it still brings me rage. So yeah, like the Buccaneer, it was upsetting. And it stayed with you. Uh, and it stayed with me for a very long period of time. 
I can't even, I can't believe I went on the Buccaneer. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> I thought I was going to die comparable to the time, which I don't remember if I said it on air, but recently when I took two edibles by mistake and I needed my <laughs> boyfriend who might have been in a case for all I knew to stop fixing people's hearts and come home and babysit me because I thought I was going to die because I took two edibles. I learned my lesson, and those are the two near-death experiences I had this year. (laughs) Anyway, okay. Not an endorsement for edibles, guys. Oh, no, that's an anti-endorsement. I thought I was going to die. I had to go... Hi, I'm sorry, you work in a hospital, but I might be in the emergency room. Is that going to embarrass you a lot? (laughs) My fiancé, I'm sorry, my fiancé is in the emergency room because she's high. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, I was paralyzed for multiple hours. (laughs) Anyway, uh, speaking of being paralyzed with fear, I'm going to talk about a specific phobia today. But let me first start off with how I got here. <laughs> okay, uh, a few episodes ago, not part of the not the topic, but I was just in the intro talking about how much fear is in my heart when I see the diorama in the Museum of Natural History with the sperm whale and the giant squid battling each other. Now, a little while ago, I was in the car questioning. I don't know if I mentioned. In that aquatic room, it is the only diorama that does not have glass separating the exhibit from the people looking at it, which to me makes it even fucking scarier. That you could like basically reach out and touch the horrors. Um, so I was, or they could touch you. Yeah, or they could touch me. (laughs) And uh, Aaron was first like, "Don't Google that. No one fucking knows. They're not gonna." And I googled it. It's like, yes, it was removed because. There was too much of a glare because the exhibit is so dark and there's glass. So it was like causing a huge glare, which is interesting because I remember it having glass when I was a kid, which made it creepier because mm-hmm. you had to like go closer to see what was happening. Anyway, that's another here nor there. So then Aaron was like, I don't care what you find it scary. And then I will also say that our listener, Richard, after he heard me say it, Googled it. And he also said, I don't understand why you find this scary. But the picture he saw did not do it justice, first of all. Anyway. I would so like I you like, to know that you could shorten what you call this and say sperm whale and giant squid. That's the official name of the oh, okay, exhibit. Okay. Fine. Thank you. So after multiple people were like, I don't know why you find it scary. I was like, fuck this. There are other people that find this scary. So I did a Google search. I don't know what I searched. I'm sure Pete would have laughed at however I framed it. But I did a Google search. Is there something wrong with me? Because I'm afraid of a giant whale and a giant squid <laughs> fighting each other. In the- <laughs> yeah, probably something like that. <laughs> anyway. Marissa's used to talking to AI now. <laughs> <laughs> so lo and behold, there are tons of people who feel the exact same way as me. So people were going on and on about how scary the exhibit was, how it struck fear in their hearts, how it gave them chills, how even as an adult, they're upset by it. And uh, mostly these are people talking on Reddits. So there are people talking about that exhibit on a whole bunch of subreddits, including the terrifying as fuck subreddit, the megalophobia subreddit, which is a fear of large things, which I mm-hmm. might have, and the a subreddit called the Depths 
below. So then I came across this one comment, and I, I hadn't taken note at the time of what subreddit it was in. And the, com- the comment said, quote, while it's neither an animatronic or submerged in water, every time I saw this exhibit as a kid, it evoked the same sense of horror as I had from submerged animatronics. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? <laughs> so then another person goes, quote, I saw this as a kid. And I believe my fear of animatronics slash submerged <laughs> fake animals or machinery underwater has stemmed from this. And then I was like, what Great. the fuck are they talking about? And then I noticed I was in the submerged animatronics Reddit. <laughs> God bless Reddit. What a weird place. Anyway, so I will say that I myself find many animatronics very scary. And I also find the sea, hands down, the scariest part of not only the world, but this entire universe. I find the sea scarier than space. But to have a fear of both of those things combined seems so oddly specific to me. So I'm sorry if you don't find this interesting, but today I'm going to talk about submechanophobia, (laughs) which is the fear of submerged I'm just going to go start cooking my dinner. You keep talking. (laughs) Shut up! (laughs) Which is the fear of submerged human-made objects, either partially or entirely underwater. These objects can be shipwrecks, statues, (laughs) animatronics as seen in theme parks, old buildings, or even just more mundane things like buoys (laughs) or miscellaneous debris, which... I'm sorry, I find it a little funny, but it's not fair, because I have dumb phobias, so I respect it, but I do find it a little funny. (laughs) I find it funny that you said shit wreck. Shut up. (laughs) So people suffering from from submechanophobia report a variety of scenarios that cause them to become uneasy. So some of these scenarios may include swimming next to a big ship. I get that. Seeing photos of the underside of a ship. Okay. Old, rusty shipwrecks partially sticking out of the water. Or riding amusement park rides with animatronics placed partially underwater. That's that's what I was trying to get at with my icebreaker. Oh, yeah, I know, I know. (laughs) Okay, cool, cool. That was very good. (laughs) So two examples I saw come up again and again were a Jurassic Park ride in Universal Studios and Disney's Jungle Cruise ride. Pete, have you been on either? No. No. Okay. No. I, so. I went to um, Animal Kingdom. Okay, yeah. That's the only Disney I don't Disney think they had any yet? rides. Oh. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, I went, but I don't remember jack shit. Oh, okay, okay. So both rides have, like, you, when you ride it, you go in a little boat. It's, like, floating through, the, through a body of water. And there's just, like, different animatronics that pop up here and there. So in Jungle Cruise, um, I mean, there's a lot of animatronics because the whole thing takes place in water. But some of the notable ones, uh, there's a huge hippo animatronic that, like, comes out of the water and opens its Ooh. huge jaws. Which, that was actually creepy. Um, Does it and blow like, water out its nose at you? No, but there are elephants that blow water out of their trunk. Okay, close and enough. And I will what, say what I find the scariest is there's a whole bunch of... I don't know, alligator, crocodiles, whatever's in Florida. There's a whole bunch of animatronics of that, which I find scary because I feel like we already know that there are crocodiles in rides at Disney. So I'm like, don't fuck with that. (laughs) 
But anyway, yeah, so there's a lot of, like, big animals that come out in that ride. Now, the Jurassic Park ride, which I found interesting, I had to see a whole, I, I watched a whole, um, like, a, like a video walk, uh, not walk through, mm. ride through. Because in the subreddit, people just kept showing this little dinosaur blowing water out of its nose. But I was like, oh, but this is Jurassic Park. Like, I'm sure there's probably, like, a fucking T-Rex that, like, comes out and, like, scares you. But, okay, so there are scary dinosaurs on that ride. There's a T-Rex. There's that dinosaur in the movie that, like, spits acid out of its mouth and all sorts of shit. But they're not in the water. So the part of that ride that scares everyone is just the happy little dinosaur that comes out and blows water out of its nose. <laughs> so whatever. Um, so, oh, it scares, scares anyway. everyone. Oh, I'm sorry. So, it seems to be what everyone is citing as what scares them when they have some mechanophobia. Thank you. <laughs> so people who suffer from some mechanophobia. Uh, may experience symptoms similar to other specific phobias. And some of these symptoms may include panic attacks, difficulty functioning, intense fear, nausea, or dizziness. Um, so it may be no surprise there's not a lot of scientific research that has been conducted regarding submechanophobia. Most of what is known about the phobia is simply information collected through lots and lots of online discussion groups. Because, boys, there are a lot of people saying they have it. But, no, there's no, like, scientific study. (laughs) (laughs) However, generally speaking about phobias, the National Institute of Mental Health reports that 12.5% of U.S. adults experience a specific phobia of some sort. Um, For example, I would say I have entomophobia, which is fear of insects. Uh, And after this research... I'm on the fence. I think I might have a mild case of some mechanophobia. Um, but in, again, in terms of phobias in general, research has found that women are more prone to phobias than men and that almost 50% of all phobias in the U.S. are considered mild cases. Uh, so if the thought of sunken ships or buoys makes you nervous, chances are you may experience a mild symptoms of submechanophobia. But you may not meet the full criteria for a specific phobia diagnosis, which we'll get to later. Pete, do you think you have any phobias? Um, yeah, maybe. I don't know what, though. Okay. Sorry. Well, we'll, we'll come back to phobia diagnosis later, and maybe you can think about it more. Um, so why do man-made objects trigger the fear submechanophobia? Um, so many submechanophobics do not attribute the development of this phobia to any experience or traumatic memory. They're not like, ooh, <laughs> my brother was killed by an animatronic hippo that was partially submerged. <laughs> um, in fact, many claim that their symptoms just popped up after a lifetime of contact with their triggers. So maybe a bunch of them, you know, have gone swimming many times, might go boating, they may have loved the Jurassic Park ride, but all of a sudden, now, they find themselves terrified at this point in their life. Um, so there are several proposed cases of some mechanophobia. Again, like, none of them are scientifically proven because there has not been heavy-duty research, but these are the three possible reasons that are generally agreed upon. Um one is that submechanophobia could be caused by a fear of the unknown and the common terror of not knowing what lies beneath the waterline. Mm-hmm. I, I 
guess. Um, however, submechanophobia is specifically um, specifically has to do with artificial human made creation. So I yeah. I feel like then that would just be like you fear fish also. But anyway, um, another theory is that submechanophobia um, could be caused um, because objects in the water could be visually distorted uh, by the water and the fact that the water might make it look like it's moving, which could make them seem alive and therefore possibly harmful. But again, I feel like that's flawed because then why wouldn't you just like, no, I get, I don't know. So, so because the water is distorting the movement, you feel like the shipwreck is possibly alive and able to harm you. I don't know. Sure. The shipwreck throws me off because it's like the ship was never alive in the first place. Like if there was a hippo coming out of the water, you'd be like, oh my God, that could be a hippo. But again, I don't even, this is not, you have a fear of hippos have to merge. This is you have yeah. a fear of animatronic hippos have to merge. Right. The shipwreck, the shipwreck was never animated. Yeah, I mean, no. It was I mobile, know. but. <laughs> I know, we'll get to that. I'm going to talk about a woman who specifically discovered her fear while witnessing a ship, while, while looking at a shipwreck, but we'll get to that. Um, or an additional explanation is, that the human mind will instinctively detect a foreign object in an otherwise natural environment, and this will trigger a fight-or-flight response. So when you see a fish in water, your brain is accustomed to the fact that they belong there. But when you see a piece of metal on the ocean floor, your brain is sort of caught off guard, and so it may register it as a potential hazard. I can maybe see that. (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. Anyway. So now I'm going to talk specifically, I'm going to address the shipwreck thing. Um, on insider.com, there is an article. <laughs> and next to the headline is this beautiful, of a happy young woman. She's dressed in a white crochet dress. It looks like it's it's trying to show you, like, look at this beautiful young woman full of life. But look at what she deals with. <laughs> So there's this picture of this woman next to the headline, I suffer from submechanophobia. I have a very real fear of submerged man-made objects. Okay. So I'm going to read parts of it, uh, not the whole article. I wonder just... how she feels about submerged natural objects. Yeah, it all just seems man-made. I, yeah, I don't know. There probably is some overlap, but anyway, okay. If you put so like an alarm clock underwater, she's that, just be afraid. I mean, I did Google submechanophobia, which, by the way, I will challenge anyone listening to this. I, I will also. I want to say this. I've chuckled that a couple times, but I looked at the pictures and I was like, "Fuck, that does scare me." So I'm almost chuckling because I think I might fall into this category, but I am able to see that I fear irrational things. Uh, so it's not that I'm like, fuck these people, this is silly. No, I totally understand it, actually. Um, but yeah, I challenge anyone listening to Google submechanophobia pictures and see if you find any of them chilling, because I find a lot of them chilling. I found a whole bunch of them chilling. Mostly they're of, I find the worst ones of fucked up animatronics, but I feel like I just find a fucked up animatronic terrifying. But then it becomes scarier if you put a fucked up animatronic underwater. Somehow it's scarier, and I don't know why. Um, 
But there was someone like, oh, like, can you look at all these pictures without getting creeped out? And one of them was just a Barbie underwater. And I was like, yeah, that's fine to me. But anyway. Um, so let's go back to this article. So this lady says, when I was in sixth grade, I visited Universal Studios with my family. I was so excited to go to the Jurassic Park ride with my brother. I expected to be scared of the giant T-Rex at the end. But I ended up being absolutely terrified by the small animatronic dinosaurs under the water. I had no idea why that little detail made me so uncomfortable. So I tucked the fear away for a while. So she goes on to say, That worked until I was entering high school. I signed up for a kayaking trip on Lake Superior that involved paddling over shipwrecks. The description sounded so fun, and I was stoked to be It doesn't sound fun. I don't know. You already know you're afraid of this shit. Well, no. She All she knows is that she was afraid of little animatronic dinosaurs when she was a little kid. And it's like a decade later. She, you're not going to connect I don't little, know. little dinosaurs or shipwrecks. Anyway, <laughs> so it sounded fun, and I was stoked to be on this trip with my friends. But as soon as I got to the shipwreck, I completely froze. I was literally petrified by a stronger fear than I'd ever experienced. At that moment, I couldn't do anything. Logically, I knew there wasn't anything to be scared of. It wasn't like the ship was going to pop up and attack me, but I was completely chilled and terrified. Finally, I looked up at the sky and calmed myself enough to paddle away. My friends made fun of me. I tried to explain my fear to them. The ship wasn't supposed to be down there. I figured my fear was uh, yes, it was. I was. I figured Did you read my, the pamphlet? You told us what was in the pamphlet. But it wasn't originally supposed to be down there if it's a shipwreck. So I Yeah, but my, she knew it was going to be there. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I, I figured my fear was based on not wanting to be in danger. After all, something usually needs to go very wrong for a ship to end up on the bottom of an ocean or lake. Yeah, but once it's down there, it's, it's over. I know, Pete, I know! <laughs> <laughs> but my friends thought that was weird. It's just a ship underwater, they told me. After that, I knew something was going on. But I didn't hear the word submechanophobia until YouTube recommended a video on the condition. As soon as I started watching... Dr. YouTube told <laughs> I felt so validated. I didn't know that submechanophobia or fear of submerged man-made objects was a thing. I've accepted that submechanophobia is just one of those quirks I have. My life doesn't involve much time on the water, let alone the ocean. So my phobia doesn't really affect my day-to-day life. I still get up and enjoy nature, although I definitely will not be signing up for shipwreck snorkeling on vacation. Am I right? Yes, She didn't say am I right. She didn't say am I right. (laughs) Still, sometimes my submechanophobia rears its head in unexpected ways. Last I have I have a son now. <laughs> <laughs> and he was playing with boats in the bathtub. <laughs> and then I was petrified. That's I'm sorry, just petrified. Like the literal definition of petrified. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. No. <laughs> Last fall, I visited Venice with my mother. The city don't is famous. D- don't get on the boat, bitch. <laughs> famous. The city is famously sinking. Seeing all the submerged stairs, buildings built on posts, 
and other evidence of a city underwater had me on edge the whole time. I couldn't even enjoy the classic Venice gondola ride without fear. Anyway, she ends it saying, it's important for me to share my condition. When I was in high school, I thought I was nuts for having this fear. But more recently, I connected with people on TikTok who also have submechanophobia. Although I've never met someone in real life with the condition. <laughs> but I wonder how many people out there are living with submechanophobia, unable to explain or understand what they're going through. So then the statement, it's important to share my condition, is hyperlinked. And I pressed it, and it took me to a TikTok. And I reminded me why I just hate the internet. It was a TikTok of a split screen with a woman looking at submerged objects. And then on the other side, it was her reaction. And it was her applying makeup while looking at, I guess, submechanophobia triggering footage. However, I think it was all CGI. So is that an extra layer that you're afraid of submerged artificial objects, but they're CGI? Yes. That seemed no, like that's, two layers. That's, that's the same, that's the same thing. But it, it didn't feel like submechanophobia to me. It just felt like fear of weird CGI. Fear of CGI. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, this is stupid. That's not the right hyperlink video. <laughs> also, why is she applying makeup while doing this? Anyway, also look like she was faking it, faking her fear, but whatever. Also, who watches respond, like, reaction videos on tiktok who isn't nope let me not judge if she Everybody. was genuinely like going to be afraid then she wouldn't have been applying makeup exactly she was applying makeup and she was like and her caption was like i've never seen myself so afraid on footage on video footage and i was like okay <laughs> anyway i've let's just pick that apart i've never seen myself more afraid in video footage <laughs> and i record myself being afraid all the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I I was like, I'm not watching any more TikTok. Okay, so guys, are you like? I wonder if I have submechanophobia. No. First and foremost, do what I said. Nobody, nobody's wondering. No. <laughs> Shut up. And by the way, thanks for the long fucking show title that I have to fit into a picture. <laughs> Wait, just put submechan. Have you ever heard about submechanophobia? Yeah, that's a pretty long word. Oh. <laughs> Can you? Okay, well, it's better than. <laughs> Have you heard of fear of half or fully submerged animatronic <laughs> and or man-made objects? <laughs> anyway, you know what, Juan? If you're listening to this, you'll have an open mind. Google submechanophobia images. <laughs> anyway. I definitely have an open mind. I guess there's just part of me that's like, sometimes we're afraid of things. It's okay. Yeah, that that is the thing. I Like, I... Does this person really need to have an article written about themselves no. being afraid of this shit? No, I don't think so. Um, and, like, finding somebody who has the same fear as you, yeah, maybe that helps you um, feel seen? Well, I did feel seen when I found out there's not some mechanophobia, but that other people fear that diagram. <laughs> yeah. Fear, I may have fear of dark dioramas. I will say this, though. Um, yeah, it's okay to be afraid of things. But it's a phobia if it, like, stops you from living life. 
living your day like from from living life the way you'd like mm-hmm. to. But I mean, yeah, I mean, if you have some mechanophobia and you're a deep sea diver, then you're fucked. But I mean, like, all of us could basically avoid things. And how how like it it does make me want to cry that she went all the way to Venice and that she had a wonderful vacation <laughs> in a totally different country and then she was afraid on the boat ride <laughs> like again yeah. you you could google venice <laughs> find all this shit out and just not go there yeah that yeah that is true that how is many poor true. kids out there <laughs> don't even have the luxury of having this phobia i agree <laughs> check your privilege lady <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to talk about how you actually diagnose a phobia. But I will say, I think you're right. Like, I don't think I've subbed a phobia, but I think I have a, I think I'm creeped out by these things, and I have a fascination. The same way, I'm not phobic of that exhibit, but I'm disturbed by it and mm. attracted to it. I do think I have a phobia of insects. I'm going to throw out the caveat that this is how I feel about paraphilias. <laughs> What's paraphilia again? Like, you know, sexual fetish type thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. okay. I'm fascinated by it. I don't think that I have it. <laughs> yeah. But in yeah. a way, knowing it exists is interesting. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Uh, man, I just read so many phobias and philias. I can't keep them straight anymore. How, what about the person who's turned on by underwater man-made? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. No, I don't want to Google that. <laughs> Uh, by the way, oh Pete, I gotta tell you, I'm sorry. Before I go about diagnosing phobias, I know this is thematically, topically off off from what we're talking about, but I gotta tell you, if you ever heard our topics where I discuss paternity or maternity leave, you know that I become unhinged and so angry. I was yelling to Aaron about maternity, paternity leave, and just women having babies the other day before I went to bed and I was really heated and I woke up and somehow I was subscribed to a fucking million baby formula brand <laughs> email list. <laughs> I got email lists from Similac, Enfamel, a bunch of other shit. And I was like, what the fuck? How do they have my email? Also, they clearly didn't listen to the content of my rant. Anyway, I'm sorry, guys. I got off topic. I was just talking. Why did I get on that? I don't even know why I got on that topic. I'm sorry. So let's talk about diagnosing submechanophobia. Uh, submechanophilia is on the internet, but it's a person who is saying that they love shipwrecks. <laughs> and they, they come nope, from them? Nope. Okay. No sex at all. Okay. Oh, that's why I brought up that. Because I was afraid that if I Google submechanophilia, I'm going to be on other weird email lists. Like like I am. <laughs> yep. So, so, guys, let's talk about diagnosing submechanophobia, or any phobias for that matter. So, being scared does not necessarily mean that you have a phobia. Mm-hmm. According to the Diagnostic and Statistical Manual of Mental Disorders, these are the criteria for a phobia. One unreasonable and excessive fear. So the person's fear level must be unreasonable for the situation and it is persistent even though they may recognize that it's excessive. Unreasonable is a very subjective term. 
Yeah, that's true. Uh, immediate anxiety response. When presented with a fearful situation, the person will have an immediate and extreme response, appearing to look as if they are in danger when the situation is not dangerous. Okay? Mm-hmm. It's definitely me with a bug. Um, next, avoidance and extreme stress. The person will go to great lengths to avoid their fears, and if they cannot, they exhibit symptoms of extreme distress, like panic symptoms, such as how I stopped going outside when lantern lights came to my neighborhood. Mm-hmm. I just stopped going outside entirely. <laughs> uh, life limiting. This fear significantly impacts their ability to function in their social, occupational, or educational pursuits. Like how I basically had to quit my job because they had roaches. Okay? Next, six or more months duration. Symptoms of fear must last longer than six months. Sure. And last but not least. Does the fear from like one incident? No, like you must have had this general fear, not of one specific incident. Okay. Like you've generally feared. Like if you, you, if you, if you're afraid of something and you're afraid to go outside because of lantern flies. Yeah. And then you go, oh, that's right. I have feet. I can just step on them. Pete, no. (laughs) Then you got over it within six months and you're cool. I don't want any part of me to come in contact with any part of them. I don't even want to kill a bug because that would mean I would be touching them in a way. Anyway, last but not least. Marissa's Marissa's shoes are made out of her skin. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want (laughs) me to touch them. Anyway, last but not least, no attributable, wait, what? Not attributable to another disorder. So symptoms must not also be related to another mental health condition. Okay. So guys, I just want to let you know, if anyone out there, why do you look confused? So what they're saying is, (laughs) if you can go deep diving... And you're not afraid. But then you see a boat. Then you're afraid. That means it's a phobia. Or that means it's, yeah, that means it's a phobia that you're, the one that you're talking about. Submechanical poopophobia. I. Because there's another one that's fear of really deep water. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So by default, then, am I also afraid of shipwrecks that are in really deep water for some reason i keep losing track of what you're saying but i was gonna okay, say me too. <laughs> that it's your like if you are afraid if you go and inspect a shipwreck and you're afraid but you also have claustrophobia that doesn't mean you have submechanophobia right like yeah but if you are not claustrophobic, and you're not afraid of deep sea diving, but the shipwreck is bringing fear into your heart. So then now you, you gotta might do have tests and shit. Yeah, exactly. You gotta be like, okay, I'm afraid in the shipwreck, so let me lock myself in the closet. <laughs> yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So, guys, if having, after- again having a phobia is a luxury. <laughs> <laughs> Pete. I would rather not have the luxury of a phobia of insects. Excuse me? You want to take my phobia? No. I have enough bugs to deal with on my own. Uh, If you did the challenge, looked up the images, heard what I said, and think you might have submechanophobia, if submechanophobia 
symptoms are severely affecting your life, a mental health professional specializing in phobias is the best way to treat this condition and, and learn this coping is when techniques. We want to introduce our new uh, sponsor, BetterHelp. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, let's just pretend we have sponsors. <laughs> um but I want to specify, or I want to, I want to repeat: get a healthcare professional who specializes in phobia. Because if you just have a therapist and you just say, mm-hmm. "How can I get over my phobia of bugs?" and they and just they go, laugh at you. and it's, yeah, they just like laugh and go, like, "I don't know," like look at a bunch of pictures of ants. I don't think they're equipped. <laughs> yeah. Well, exposure therapy can get you over some fears, but not necessarily all fears. <laughs> yeah. Also, definitely. Yeah, no. So I, I need to. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, that's that's it, guys. <laughs> that's my podcast. Um, to circle back a bit, everybody, I wanted to know who would win, and apparently, despite Between the Im- despite the impressive teeth, sperm whales use suction to pull prey in. They have been known to dive over 6,500 feet and remained underwater for more than an hour in pursuit of a giant squid. Sperm whales often bear scars that match the suckers on a giant squid's tentacles. Also, the indigestible beaks and other body parts of the giant squid often turn up in the stomachs of sperm whales. Ooh. All so, right. Sperm whale for the win, guys. Also, I'm looking at some mechanophobia picture, pictures right now, and I think I've concluded... I only think it's creepy if they're big items. If they're small <laughs> items, they are creepy. I always infer, I'm afraid Marissa of Marissa looks items. in the mall pond and sees, like, quarters at the bottom. <laughs> the fountain, not the pond. Yeah, because someone just put, like, submerged chains. And I'm like, who fucking cares? Yeah. Uh, one of this them is box. called pipe at Di- underwater pipe at Disney World. And I'm like, yeah, well, what the fuck else do you want them to run stuff you through? <laughs> That's so scary, but absolutely animatronics underwater. Oh, this person is just like unsettling water park, and it's just tubes in the <laughs> Plugs. Anyway, you got any plugs? Um, in keeping with the show topic, I wanted to plug uh, what I thought of when you talked about the squid and the whale, and that is the They Might Be Giants album from 1992 called Apollo 18. So check oh, that out okay. if you're looking for something fun to listen to. That sounds fun. Okay. The cover of the album has a uh, sperm whale fighting a giant squid. Okay. And, I heard uh, that the movie The Squid and the Whale is titled after that exhibit also. Yeah. Yeah. But that's um, a very... Um, I'm not plugging that. Well, you just you just liked Barbie. So <laughs> peripherally related, Noah Baumbach did that movie. And it's a little little I wish I had an alternative word guys I don't have a synonym for masturbatory <laughs> uh Barbie is more credited to Greta Gerwig for the no movie. yes I understand I said peripherally yeah. related <laughs> okay okay um we are not gonna have a Barbie fight on this podcast <laughs> yeah I don't I'll take you out anyway uh you will cause I don't give a shit <laughs> I do. Um, uh, I'll tell you about that off the air. Um, I, since you're plugging music and I have no nothing really to plug, I'm gonna plug the song "Pet Cemetery." That's all. 
The Ramones song, Pet Cemetery. Okay, Not there you go. Anything. <laughs> I love that song. Um, guys, please take the challenge. Tell me if you find this stuff creepy, and then call us at 570-POD-1. Or you could email us at... Shout at yallheard.me. Uh, don't forget always- don't forget about our Patreon, patreon.com slash yallheard, where you can catch a new episode of Riss's Gossip Grill, a new episode of Madvertising, yeah, and a Pete's preview of Till Death Do Us Part. Ooh, I gotta hear, oh, I still haven't listened to that one. I did hear Madvertising, though. I I was like, ooh, I forgot we had this show. So nice job, Pete. <laughs> it was only the second one, so that makes sense. <laughs> it was a lot of content. Uh, yeah, and as always, you can slide in my DMs my non in a non-sexual manner if you'd like. And um, thanks for listening, guys. Yeah.